Stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take either a planet, an aspect, right now a current transit, or a topic, and I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Relationship Astrology or Love Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I am so glad that you guys are joining me today when it comes to my podcast. So, Stargazers, um, ever since I dropped the Lunar Eclipse episode and Mercury Retrograde episode, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been actually enjoying current transits and exploring current transits, and not only how do they affect us individually, but also how they affect us in synastry as well, too, within relationships. So I decided to continue on in this vein, and I actually might begin kind of like with the aspects or with the planets. I might actually just begin a series of exploring current transits that are kind of on my radar or that really kind of stand out um, within the astrological community or that are just kind of standing out for me as well too and just kind of investigate it a little bit more and see like what how it's affecting us and how it, it affects the relationships. Um, for today, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Uh, I just, I took, I really did take a, a big gander with it and that is Mars in Aries and how exactly that affects Sinistry relationships, as well as how it has been affecting us. I felt that Mars and Aries would be perfect because it has been quite a transit, as as we'll get to see and as we'll get to explore. So without further ado, as of May the 24th, Mars had entered Aries, and it will remain there as of July the 4th of this year. And the reason why, for me, it's a very important transit and why it's a very uh, intense transit at that, well, for one reason, uh, Mars has actually entered its natural sign, one of its natural signs. So Mars rules both Aries as well as Scorpio. So the fact that it's in Aries right now, whenever um, a planet hits its usual sign, um, or a sign that where it feels quite at home in. So like, for instance, if Neptune were to be in Pisces, which it, it actually is, um, really that's where that planet feels more at home in that sign and being more at home, it kind of, its influence I feel is far stronger than it would be in any other sign. And that's definitely apparent with Mars's current transit right now. Um, some effects that you guys may have been feeling, maybe some like really amped up energy, maybe a little bit of impulsive, uh, impulsiveness, um, really feeling like you need to like kind of go towards goals and really be like you're kind of super ambitious. You might be a little super ambitious, really tackle those goals, really tackle everything that you would like to tackle within life. Those are all effects of Mars. Really, Mars's natural energies are just being really hyped up and souped up and amped up as well, too. Um, as I had explored within my Mars episode as well, you know, Mars is really just that planet where it's just really live. It's like a live, open, energetic current in the chart. 
um, unlike Uranus, where Uranus kind of, it is like almost like a live current as well too, where it just kind of sweeps up and, you know, uproots everything. Mars doesn't necessarily uproot everything. It's just a very primal current. So it has everything to do with survival. Um, I hate to say it, but kind of um, taking into Stephen Forrest's view, survival of the fittest um, comes into play with Mars, uh, sexual passion, it can really be increased, but also really a lot of just flat out energy is also increased as well too. It's just really hyped up and souped up that much more being in um, its natural place. Within Cafe Astrology, they have also mentioned, or the authors within Cafe Astrology also mentioned spontaneity, forward thinking, and courage are also amped up. This might be a time where you might be feeling like everything that's been kind of shoved under the rug or that, you know, you're afraid to mention in everyday life. You have the courage now to bring it forward. Um, you know, this could be within a relationship where you might feel far more courageous in actually mentioning to your partner what kind of bugs you about them. You might feel a little bit more courageous in actually tackling issues that you've had for a while in the relationship. And it's not just within relationships either. It could also be um, within working relationships too. It could also be within just in life too. Everything that you really haven't had a lot of um, courage to speak up about right now, it feels like it's the right time is really what Mars and Aries really indicates. And also with that spontaneity, it's kind of like you're getting you're kind of getting that courage to actually, you know, the courage that you normally don't have when Mars is out of Aries, you're kind of getting the courage to speak up, to speak out, and actually to really move forward with um, things as well, too. I personally have been seeing this with the, the courageous spirit with a lot of individuals. Um, unfortunately, it's in the more negative light where there have been a lot of individuals who have just been kind of walking out in the middle of the street. Most of the time they usually see my car and they just walk out right in front of me, not paying attention, no regard, no care in the world, just kind of throw all caution to the wind. Um, what I would just say, just to be careful, well, the, the courageous spirit is really great. And it really helps us to get out of our shells where we normally and kind of dive deep into issues and dive deep into areas of relationships or just of areas of life where we normally don't have the courage to do so. Just make sure it's not a false sense of courage to where it's almost threatening your life. Um, like a, a, you the individuals who have been walking out in front of my car. I also wouldn't be surprised they're like walking out and playing in traffic now. You know, um, I mean, with that false sense of courage, it kind of um, gives like a sense of recklessness as well, too. That is also governed by Mars and Aries. And that's also usually a common occurrence with Mars and Aries as well. So what I would just really advocate is just really all the way around with that courage and with that emboldened, emblazoned um, situation that you're feeling right now, just be careful of how you use it. Um, just make sure that you're using it constructively and not gee, I can walk out in front of a car and not get run over because I'm a Superman right now, or I'm a super person right now, or gee, I can just, um, 
you know, have the courage to just say whatever I want to this person who's carrying a gun and, you know, gee, I'll survive it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll find every clever way to survive it. I'll be okay. No, like I said, just be, just be very careful. Just be very on your guard and just um, be careful of how you use this energy. Because like I said, again, impulsive impulse really also comes into play. According to Cathay Astrology as well, the competitive spirit is also in full swing with this transit and with a goal to win. So many of you may be feeling like at work, hey, I not only want to complete this project that's been overdue, but I want to like, I want to be the best at work. You know, again, it's just kind of to be not only to be the best, but also Really to make sure, like, again, there's that competitive spirit of just really coming out on top as well, too. One thing that I just recommend is just make sure it, while a competitive spirit, it, you know, does keep you on your toes. It does keep you alert and focused. Um, I know I've been feeling the full competitiveness in swing. Just make sure it's also constructive that, you know, you're not browbeating your coworkers, that you're not being... Um, a bully, that you're not, again, going for the shadow sides of this competition or being a sore loser or being a sore sport when it comes down to everyday matters as well. And then with Cafe Astrology, they mentioned active, single-minded, and confident um, are also attributes with Mars and Aries as well. Um, with it can come impatience. So the shadow side is basically impatience, increased arrogance, unreflected and self-centered attitudes, also unreflected and self-centered sort of modes of behavior. Uh, with the shadow side, I do have to add with Mars, it is a planet of accidents especially if it's in transit with Pluto, which it will be according to uh, Refinery24, it will be as of June the 23rd. It'll actually be squared uh, Pluto in Capricorn as of June the 23rd. So instead of just seeing this really increased energy and full competitive, competitiveness of spirit, you also may see a lot of power mongering attitudes and also, as I mentioned, an increased likelihood of accidents, particularly being a little too mouthy to other people, maybe starting a fist fight, maybe starting a verbal fight or having those sort of things come your way. Again, stargazers, just um, when it comes down to the courageousness and, again, the impulsivity that this uh, planet really gives, just be very careful. Like, don't don't be like a lot of unreflected people where they just see my car and then just walk right in front of it, okay? Because um, while they're lucky that I'm the type of driver that actually will brake for them and wonder what the heck is going on in their minds, um, again, if you if somebody keeps doing that, there's going to be a driver one day who will not be as attentive and who will not be that gracious as well too. And with Mars, it's like I said, again, accidents are just inevitable, especially being an Aries, being stronger than it normally is. Um, that's where I just see more accidents that play out in general as well too. And then, like I said, that forecast, um, I normally don't give predictions on this um, podcast, but I just have to mention it as of July the 23rd to July, or actually, sorry, June the 23rd to July the 4th. 
um, with that um, Pluto square, just be careful of, you know, being really ultra combative and also giving power plays and power struggles. Um, I speak from experience because uh, Mars's current transit is actually in opposition to my natal Pluto right now. And I've been experiencing power struggles, power plays, um, really combative behavior, and also just really jumping to really destructive conclusions. But I, what I say when it comes down to Mars and Pluto, it just seems like Pluto's natural tendency and energy is to go on the destructive side more than anything. You have a choice, and I always have to remind myself, I've had to remind myself of this in the last couple of weeks. You do have a choice between the power mongering, you know, just relying on the power mongering behavior and obviously see where that gets you, where, where it just basically just gets you into bites. And again, that's also a transit where there's a more likelihood of violent fist fights that usually break out because two people can't back down. They're usually being a little too mouthy with each other, a little too single-minded on their points, and they don't back down. Um, what I've learned is there's also the transformative as well as the probing side of Pluto. And I find that the best way to deal with an adversive Mars-Pluto transit is that, um, you know, really take a look at the well, like with Pluto, the upsides of it is, you know, take a look at the situations that come at play, maybe probe into why those situations are happening to you. And obviously it's not going to just come down to, oh, well, it's this person's fault. That's why this, this, uh, situation's happening. This bad adversive situation is happening. No, take a look a little deeper than that. Maybe the situation is happening in order to test resolve. Maybe the situation is happening um, in order to test your patience. Maybe it's happening to test you in some way, shape, or form. Pluto brings with it a lot of tests. Um, the best thing to do is kind of step back, probe, see which test is being played out for you, and then also see how you can get above it. You know, so getting above it, kind of learning from it as well, too. And don't be surprised if this is a lifelong lesson that you kind of need to have play out. Um, also, with the transformative sides, trans, you know, with probing into why this is happening, you can transform it into more of a learning experience as opposed to a destructive experience as well, too. So keep an eye out for that transit as well. And just like, as I've always said, with um, any souped up energy um, with a the planetary, there always comes a big negative aversive situation. With Mars, just be careful of accidents. Just be safe out there. That's that's all that I advocate. Just be very safe out there and very cognizant. The second reason why I feel that this transit, um, a.k.a. Mars and Aries, is also very strong is um, in the regard of, you know, how it affects you due to your natal chart. If you are somebody who has either, you know, like planets in either Aries, Scorpio, or Libra at this time, you're probably feeling this transit far more strongly than for others who don't have this transit. Not to say that others who have transits in other signs don't feel this, this transit at all. I feel like this is a very strong transit anyway. 
But for those who have these three signs in their chart and a lot of planets in these three signs, you'll kind of feel it just a little bit more. So starting with Aries, um, if you do have natal planets in Aries, everything that I've been discussing, like that that increased uh, goal setting, the increased you know um, energy, you guys are probably like in your element. You're feeling kind of like in your element, whether you have personal planets in the sign or even if you have the generational plants, you might feel like, yeah, you know, you got like this, this great energy that's coming your way. You're really well focused. You're handling goals. You're handling life's expectations and it's going along very smoothly for you. What I would just say to you is, um, we'll be discussing this a little bit later with, uh, John Townley. But what John Townley mentions is that he, gives the aspect of, well, with Mars, with the god Mars, there's also the indication of fire as well, too. You know, Mars also ruled fire um, as well as war. Um, but uh, with that said, John Townley usually alludes to the flame of the fire. Uh, with Mars, it's usually like it's a very sudden fire, like the energy comes up very suddenly. And then um, kind of like with a sudden fire where the, fl the flame burns bright and it's burning very well, it kind of burns out after time. And, you know, it kind of burns out to where it's stifled out. So, um, again, bank on this energy um, to where it can last for more than just within this transit. Banking on this energy is really just kind of conserving it. So if it's working out for you when it comes to your goals right now, um, really like maybe in a given day, kind of use little bits and spurts of it and kind of find ways to, you know, kind of make it more of a marathon uh, when it comes to the, the energy as opposed to a complete sprint as well too and then that way that way i feel like that energy can increase and become more productive even when mars moves out of aries and into taurus as of the fourth of july for those of you who are in scorpio who have nail plants in scorpio you're probably thinking what is going on when it comes to my energy right now i feel like it's just it's scattering everywhere and um, even though Mars is one of your natural ruling planets, um, actually, it's one of the ruling planets of Scorpio, uh, Pluto's the other. Um, unfortunately, when it comes down to where Mars is located right now, it is quincunxed that Scorpio position. So that's probably why you feel like your focus, your energy is really just scattered all over the place. Or it's, um, I don't want to say it's scattered, but really like you're, you're focusing on your goals and it's kind of like missing the mark or the focus is kind of like missing the mark at times. Um, really with this quincunx, again, um, the good news is the finding the similarities between the two unlike signs in which these, your natal planets and where Mars's current position is right now is not too far-fetched, as with some signs. Um, one thing that really both Aries and Scorpio share and have in common when it comes to this quincunx is that they're both very ambitious. And they have that energy to meet their goals. And they also have that... 
they have the focus to meet those goals. While Scorpio can have more of that laser-like focus to meet those goals, as opposed to where Aries just has the focus, you do kind of, you both kind of share that in common. What I would just recommend when it comes to energy, even though it feels like you're kind of missing the mark, keep focusing on your goals, keep focusing on what you want to achieve at hand, whether in relationships or whether just in life in general. And it, you know, again, when you keep that focus going and you keep that momentum going, you'll get there. You will get there. Um, it's just, it's a, again, it's kind of tricky for you with that quincunx. And um, again, just, I, I just feel like get, keeping that ambition, keeping that focus will help you to kind of gain that momentum over time as well too. And then for those of you who have aspects in Libra, I feel for you. Um, like, as I mentioned earlier, this transit is not only in opposition to my natal Pluto, my natal Pluto is also conjunct my moon and Saturn all in Libra. So I've been feeling the effects all too well. The impulsiveness, the combativeness, the emotional zhuzhing that it's been, you know, uh, you know kind of causing in me. I, I hear you. I feel you. Um, really with Libra and with Aries, um, with oppositions, same thing as with quincunxes, find a common ground between the signs in which the planets are in. Um, again, with Libra and Aries, the one thing that kind of stands true is that many astrologers state that they have a lot of leadership potential. I think for Aries, because they're not afraid to take charge, they have that courage to take charge. For Libra, they have that ability to balance two differing viewpoints out. But I find that with that leadership energy, and I've had to keep this in mind for the week, or last couple of weeks rather, really that leadership ability can come into play as to how you place it in your life, um, being your own leader in that life. And again, investigating the planets that are at play between, you know, with your natal planets and Mars, seeing which planets are at play, and then obviously taking charge. So instead of letting these planets just kind of rule your life, like for me, you know, having Pluto rule my my natal Pluto and having that getting judged up um, with Mars, having that just play out and being a victim or just being, you know, helpless to that in my life, uh, taking leadership and charge in the regard of, hey, there are different sides to Pluto. There are different sides to my moon. There are different sides to Saturn as well, too. There are differing sides, and I don't have to have a my way or the highway approach to everything. It's maybe there's some things I can learn that I'm not really well enlightened with. Actually, in this time, um, in taking that position, I actually found the, the Tao Te Ching again, and I'm also reflecting on those points, and that has been helping a little bit as well, too. But I think for those who have any sort of plants in Libra, definitely finding the connection between Aries and Libra, and also the connection between Mars and your natal planets will really help out and really uncover a lot of mysteries as to what what am I, you know, again, just what am I supposed to learn during this transit? And really all the way around, I kind of feel that's what transits are there for, both in sinistry as well as in general life. It's what are the lessons that we're supposed to learn when it comes to this? Because, um, you know, there might be some things that we're missing that this transit heightens 
or even if there aren't things that are missing and that it's kind of a, a lesson being reiterated, it might be a good lesson that's being reiterated as well. So I know what you guys are thinking. You're probably like, well, Sandra, this all this general information, it's all very interesting, but, but what about synastry? What about relationships? How does this transit affect our relationships? Well, I'm glad you asked. So when uh, researching the topic of this episode this week, a couple things that kind of came to mind for me were that, um, again, they were related to the issues of impulsivity. And uh, I think the first point that I really had come to was kind of something that I had to learn in my own life um, when facing this transit and relating with others, which is one big thing about this transit is not coming to foregone conclusions or jumping to conclusions just because you might agree or disagree with somebody. Um, that's usually the impulsiveness of Mars speaking right there. The unfortunate part, the impulse impulsivity being amped up with, within um, Mars and Aries is that we get a little blindsided. And when it comes to relating to others, we come to um, it's, you know, either you you meet with me, you agree with me, you disagree with me, but there's there's not both because you know there's it just it goes one way or the other, and really, um, you know, when we're at that state and when we're in that heightened state of mind, we tend to draw the wrong conclusions about other people. Um, I usually just say whenever you're in this state, especially with people who might disagree with you or who you disagree with, pump the brakes a little bit when it comes to impulsivity um, and really just kind of uh, kind of back away for a little bit and try to see the bigger picture of the situation. One example that came into my life of the situation and in relating was um, there is a lot where I live, even though I live in a residential area, there is a lot that has been vacant because there was a house that was actually scraped off um, not too long ago. But for a number of months, this house, this lot has been vacant. Suddenly, I believe it was like two weeks ago, suddenly out of the blue, there were all these construction workers that kind of came out of nowhere because they wanted to lay the foundation for whichever sort of house they were thinking of building. But all of a sudden, there were like 50 plus random strange guys in my neighborhood, some of them sitting on my lawn, um, others who were stealing my parking spaces and my mother's parking spaces equally. And then also as if to add insult to injury, you know, kind of um, hanging out at the in the back of their car, letting their butt hang out, unfortunately, in the back of their car while they take a little nap in that parking spot. Um, and then on top of which is having like random, all these random guys who are bringing loads of stuff with them and who are, it, it was just, it was just monstrous. It was, um, it was just overwhelming for me. Um, but you know, instead of taking the, well, these guys better not, you know, ruin my neighborhood or these guys better not do this or else, which was kind of where my mindset was, it would have behooved for me to kind of take a step back and kind of just see what really was going on within the situation instead of jumping to the conclusions that these guys were just being misogynistic and, you know, just stealing my parking spot just to make enemies in the neighborhood or just to be argumentative in order to make enemies really to kind of step back and just kind of see 
what really was happening. And I think really um, another thing that could have been investigated with me was that obviously being overwhelmed with so many construction workers or being overwhelmed with so many random strange guys in my neighborhood right outside my door was just a, maybe it was just a slightening, a slight, actually slightening, excuse me, slight bit threatening to me, um, you know, just due to past experiences and being able to dive into that. But don't go, what I'm just kind of stating overall with Sinistry, not coming to foregone conclusions in order to blind yourself and in order to separate yourself from the individuals that are coming into your life at this time. Um, and, you know, just kind of still try to remain as open as you possibly can. Even though this transit is, you know, my, you know, it kind of really heightens my way or the highway behavior and my way or the highway sort of thinking, which, as I've mentioned in Mercury retrograde, doesn't help with any sort of transit whatsoever. So try to step back, try to remain open minded and try to remain open to what are these individuals? What's the relationship bringing to you when it comes to your life's purpose at this time? Another thing about relationships is what I call the be here, do here now sort of syndrome. And I think I've alluded to this when it, uh, when it came to Uranus's episode with, um, a strong Uranus placement between two people where it can just feel like, you know, you're, you're kind of hurrying the clock along or you're kind of hurrying time along when it comes to the relationship. With Mars, it can also feel that way where, um, instead of maybe hurrying things where, whereas with Uranus, it's like, you know, the first date needs to move along to second base and third base and all the bases and then moving into, you know, moving in together and, you know, going on and on and on and on and on to where there's like really major changes being taken place. Uh, with you know, Mars and Aries, it's really much more the situation of out of the blue, you and your partner could feel like you need to move in together. Or your partner may feel like you need to move in with him or you need to move in with her. And it's just sporadic. It's all of a sudden you you don't know where it came from. Or, um, you know, again, it might seem like a partner might uh, come to a really out of the blue conclusion, just out of nowhere. And the decision has to be made now. Whenever this happens, again, I just say punch the brakes a little bit again. Um, if nothing else with this transit, if you don't know what is going on, if it's overwhelming you, um, especially in Sinistry, don't be afraid to put the brakes on. I think that's going to be the overall lesson of what we learn here. But uh, definitely don't be afraid to punch the brakes. And just see if there are any underlying issues that might be coming up in the relationship. A good example that I also had um, experienced, and I promise this episode won't be just about me, but uh, one thing that I had experienced and I had wondered if Mars was actually in Aries at this time was with a um, relationship that I had when I was in my 20s. And the guy really wanted to, like all of a sudden he wanted to move in with me he wanted to, you know, pick me up one night only to not take me home and admit to this over the phone and just really acted on this strange, erratic behavior, or at least was speaking very erratically. And uh, when putting on the brakes in the, the situation, I, I think one thing that I ended up saying to him was, 
you don't know me. We've been, you know, we've been dating for three months. You don't know me very well. And you don't know. It's like we all we've really experienced is you. We, you don't know what I need, what I usually like or my taste or anything of that nature. You know, it's like you don't know me that well um, to kind of move in together. One thing that I had learned when I put the brakes on said, no, wait a minute, hold on, was that um, really this guy was just, uh, he was sick and tired of living with his father and he just wanted to get out from under his roof. And instead of, you know, working, you know, so like instead of actually getting a job at that time because he was unemployed or going to school at that time because he was out of school, um, he dropped out of two different colleges, two different universities, actually three different universities. Now that I think about it, um, you know, obviously kind of getting your, you know, what really I think stood out for him was that he really needed to get his life in order and really in order to um, work towards moving out of his dad's house. And really, he could have done this on his own without my help or without involving me as well, too. So um, reason why I mentioned this example was because that could be the underlying situation underpinning when it comes to your partner as well, too, or when it just comes to relating in general. And there's all these big things that are just kind of coming up out of left field and coming up out of nowhere. Um, again, like push the brakes and start asking what is what's an underlying factor that's going on in the relationship? What's an underlying cause that could be a personal cause as well, too. And that could be resolved individually and, um, you know, set straight individually so that by the end of this transit, you're not regretting, like, say, moving in together. Or you're not, you know, regretting going to the next level with that person, like having sex and then regretting it. Um, or, you know, doing something else in the relationship that caused you to regret it um, when this transit moves forward as well. And then, of course, I'm going to go, I'm going to turn to Mr. John Townley, um, since I felt like he always tends to impart really great um, synastry uh, points. And one thing that he mentions with Mars and Aries is that relationship has, so again, he alliterates to the fire that we were um, explaining earlier or that we had visited earlier. Uh, when it came down to the god Mars, he was also god of fire. But he mentions that this has a high burn level or this relationship can have a very high burn level. And it can really um, benefit like in goals and ideas for the relationship. So say that you actually are starting a relationship at this time and you're coming to the relationship table with, you know, I don't want to compromise. This is what I'm looking for. This is a good time for you um, just because that there's that high burn and there's that high amount of creativity and fire that's coming to the table. The same thing if you're in an existing relationship, um, if you want the relationship, say, to change in the right direction. Again, you have that um, high creativity and also that high energy level to make um, these situations happen for you. However, he also mentions because of this high burn level, just make sure to bank on the energy and not let the, the flame extinguish, you know, because with that high burn level, there's a high extinguishing rate. Um, you guys can kind of get burned out. 
you know, in talking too much about your goals and your passions, you can kind of get burned out of the relationship. Or if you just kind of, you know, hit a little too heavily as well, too, you can kind of get a little burned out. Again, he also mentioned, too, that there's also a high level of passion in this transit. And um, really, that passion is a matter of personal style, not really of taste. And I think that's his nice way of saying that um, this is a time where chemistry is really high. Um, there's also a time where sexual attraction is also really high. And it again, it's um, really, it's like that sexual attraction that's kind of an impulsive sexual lust that can happen in the relationship as opposed to romantic inclinations. So again, with that high burn level of passion, just make sure that passion is not, again, extinguishing the relationship. Make sure that this relationship is not just about chemistry and chemistry only, because as I kind of tend to tell you guys over and over, according to astrology, that um, chemistry is not everything um, within a relationship. I mean, you have to have platonic relationships in there as well. You have to have a sort of friendship and a sort of like of each other and just a kind of a getting to know you phase in the relationship. Um, even if the relationship has been established for a long time, um, really just having, um, a kind of a curiosity sort of phase where you kind of get to know each other a bit better. You kind of get to explore each other a little bit better. Um, you know, again, with that high passion, just make sure again that, um, you know, that, that chemistry kind of make that chemistry last for a little while. And especially if you might be single and just dating somebody, chemistry is very high right now with Mars and Aries. Um, maybe just bank on that a little bit and just make it last for a little while. Maybe that chemistry can cause a little more intrigue. Um, but, you know, try to make sure that you're not like going home after the first date and hitting the sheets or going home and going for a roll in the hay after that first date. And the same thing with any, with also established relationship, just make sure that's not all about sex and passion at this time. Kind of, like I said, pump the brakes a little bit and have some, some intrigue, you know, kind of um, punctuate it with a little Venus energy where you kind of, um, you're, you're kind of also getting to get a little closer to your partner or getting close to each other as well. Um, he had also mentioned, you know, everything that's quick to spring to action can also fizzle out just as fast. Um, I think I've mentioned that uh, with the, the enduring fire, um, fire that's, that's fast to burn is also the fast to extinguish. And then also he, um, John Talley had also mentioned if push comes to shove too, when it comes to banking on this energy, um, taking a breather as well too. And that might sound like a contradiction of terms, but taking a breather in the regard that you're not just acting out of passion or that you're not just acting out of impulse, um, really again, um, pumping the brakes a little bit, seeing where things are going, seeing where things are headed. Um, Mars can be a very informative transit for sure. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to seeing where the impulse is leading you or where the passion may be leading you. It can be very informative as to, you know, maybe pointing out past patterns of behavior or pointing out past mistakes that may have been made when 
acting too rashly in a situation. So with all these key points in mind, stargazers, I decided to actually um, go for a sample chart this week. So kind of unlike Mercury retrograde or the lunar eclipse where I, I kind of had forgone the chart, um, I decided to do like a little fun sample chart. That's going to be between Edward Cullen and Bella Swan. So for all you twihards that are out there, uh, this is going to be yet another fun-filled episode for you. Um, I decided to take both Edward Cullen and Bella Swan's charts um, that I actually had um, investigated a little bit with the North and South nodes. It, however, I decided to uh, take it in regards of if this current transit should be outside their charts and if they were, you know, still in a very enduring relationship, whatever that relationship may be, um, how this transit would affect them. So um, I'm going to pause for a little cause and then we're going to come right back and get right into it. So in taking a look at Bella Swan's as well as uh, Edward Collins' charts, their sensory chart, um, so with uh, Mars being outside of Aries, this actually is hitting outside of Bella's seventh house and Edward's fifth house. Now, again, as we've noticed, the fifth and the seventh house, the fifth house is where we're creating, we're making babies um, in the relationship. We're also taking our relationships to the next level. And the seventh house is um, the house of commitment. So with this transit being outside their fifth and seventh houses, I would say this is kind of a baby making time for Be Edward and Bella right now. Um, if they, if they are still in the relationship, um, I'm going to just say, say that they're in the relationship. Um, this is definitely a baby making time. This is a very definite, um, situation where we'd have to remind them of the passion aspect of the situation. It's like, uh, kind of pump the brakes a little bit and, kind of get to, you know, get together with each other and really um, explore each other intimate, you know, a little more on the intimate side, um, intimate side being um, the more loving side as opposed to just the, the sexual side. But uh, wouldn't be surprised if they were uh, working on having another child at this time, really. Um, but yet also what was striking to me when it came to this transit hitting their houses is that um, for Bella, unfortunately, she really feels it pretty strongly. Um, she feels the Mars transit very strongly in the regard that it does affect her Mercury placement in her 11th house inside of Libra. Um, what she might be thinking where her communication style is usually very agreeable. It's very measured. It's very balanced. You know, she tries to be very balanced, not try to stir conflicts when it comes to her words, um, especially when it comes to Edward. And what's kind of interesting is that this is also outside his first house. Right now with Mars and Aries, that's kind of being thrown out the window. It's almost as though she's saying things impulsively that could be making Edward, that could, could be making Edward mad. Um she could also be saying things just kind of impulsively and just some things that have just been on her mind. They're just coming out. And um, it could also be a situation where she might be um, picking a 
situation that like that courage that might be coming up within this transit may be causing her to face Edward and some of the issues that she's had with Edward over this time. Either way, um, what I'm seeing with the, the Mercury transit is that there's a misfiring of words a lot of the time and submit not only some miscommunications, which could bring some tension into the relationship, particularly with Edward, but also, um, again, having uh, that courage to speak up about what's bothering her about this relationship. Again, what I would just encourage you to do, be constructive, um, especially if you're going to counter Edward about what's not working. Be constructive in the, um, in the interactions um, as opposed to destructive. And that's for that would be for anyone who has this transit going on right now as well. Make sure that the words are supportive, that they're constructive towards your partner, and that um, you know there aren't fights initiated verbally as well too. But this transit is also kind of uh, straining the relationship in other ways as well. Um, for Bella, um, Mars has actually squared her Chiron's position, which is also outside of Edward's sun, uh, Neptune positions as well too, sun conjunct Neptune. Now, usually with Edward, that sun conjunct Neptune usually indicates a very dreamy um, sort of individual, um, somebody who has big and high ideals and expects to meet those big and high ideals. Um, they're really kind of characteristic about them. And again, as we've learned that Chiron is also our, the wounds that we carry this Mars transit for Bella could be bringing out old wounds, particular related, uh, particularly related to the eighth house of change, of transformations, also inheritances, as well as shared finances. There could be trouble brewing when it comes to shared finances at this time. Um, I would say that with Chiron's position being outside the eighth house, Again, sudden changes happening with Bella um, are really things that really kind of cut her to the quick, um, is what I would say more than anything. And right now, those Chiron issues are being highlighted and coming out of the woodwork. Um, really, Edward is in a role where he's forced to actually support Bella as she's going through some uh, issues that may have been sustained in childhood, but also um, not only that, but some issues that might have just been there all the way around. And again, pertaining to change, uh, sudden change, um, sudden transformations. You know, even though change and transformations are very crucial in life, um, these are things that she just can't really grapple with or that she really, these are things that happened really suddenly when she wasn't prepared for them. And it's kind of making her a little bit more resistant to having, or to kind of going with the flow with those changes. For Edward, as I've said, this is a time where he's actually forced to really comfort Bella and to be really more of a spouse towards her and really more of a partner towards her. That high compassion in Neptune can really be um, highlighted in his chart as well, too, along with his son. Um, you know, and that high compassion to really just be there for Bella and really just to support her through this time. Um, she may, she's undergoing a very a rocky time right now. 
also with um, Aries, what was interesting was that with Edward, his Chiron's position is also affected uh, when it comes to his Chiron's position in Capricorn outside his sixth house, actually, or just in his sixth house, really. So sixth house um, Chiron issues would usually pertain to that of being of service to somebody and also, um, again, pertaining coworkers or colleagues, um, there can be some wounds surrounding them or just in how you relate to yourself in your working environment as well. Um, if Edward happens to have a job right now, he could be facing some um, identity shifts and changes with this Chiron position being ignited at this time and really um, dealing with kind of um, a sense of identity at work and what this means for him outside of work. Um, the other situation could be that he was a little too giving in the past and that might, may have sustained a deep wound in him. And um, again, this is being ignited. This also, along with the fact that Chiron is also conjunct um, his uh, Jupiter placement as well as his Saturn placement. So um, right now what I'm seeing with Aries uh, squared his Saturn placement at this time is that he's having a hard time in keeping control and kind of keeping the, um, the oh, constant dynamic of the relationship going. Um, really that paternal sort of energy that Saturn brings in the organization. He could be having a hard time keeping the family organized um, when it comes to Bella as well as when it comes to his daughter as well too. Um, with his Chiron issues being surrounded around issues with Jupiter, um, again, um, not being able to see a bigger picture. I think um, really being able to see the bigger picture is really being obstructed right now, a bigger picture issue, particularly a bigger picture that could help with his Chiron issue of giving too much and having that identity sort of shift with that, that comes with that. Um, all the way around, um, really what could help him with the square at this time is really just, um, I think instead of just trying to hold the family together all the time and trying to, you know, see things with a bigger picture sort of aspect, really, obviously it's, it's pretty apparent that there's a lot going on in him right now, especially that Chiron aspect being ignited, Really, I think this is a great time for him to use that bigger picture um, oriented orient um, from Jupiter to actually take a look at the Chiron issue and to take a look at that deep seated issue that's being ignited right now. Um, so not only is he trying to be more supportive towards Edward or towards Bella, but also um, really kind of having that support and that space within himself to deal with a lot of his own issues as well, too a lot of his own wounds. As if that's not enough, um, at, you know, Bella, same thing here. Um, her Neptune placement is right outside. It's also being ignited. She's actually forced to actually be there for Edward as well too, conversely. Um, so both persons are forced to kind of step up and just kind of, you know, really try to be there for their partner as much as possible and really try to be understanding and supportive of their partner since they're going through a major transitory time with their Chiron placements, uh, which I found to be rather interesting.
all the way around, I kind of feel like this transit um, is causing a little bit of strain on the Collins' relationship here. Um, you know, eventually since Bella had married Edward um, within, I think it was Breaking Dawn Part 1. You know, since she eventually, eventually had, uh, had married Edward, um, there's a little bit of trouble in paradise right now uh, when it comes to this transit. And I mean, that's not factoring into what else is being trined. Um, you know, I think the good side is that Edward feels that he can express his emotions a bit more um, at this time, knowing that Mars is trined his moon and Leo. Um, he is also feeling very feisty when it comes to socio-political um, sort of conversations with the fact that um, the, the current Mars transit is also trined his Uranus transit. Unfortunately for Bella, it's kind of um, disrupting her apple cart in the regard that's outside her Saturn placement, uh, where she's trying to uphold order and authority uh, within the family. Um, his viewpoints are kind of disrupting that at this time or the fact that he's feeling in his element right now that's kind of disruptive to her at this time so i'd say you know when it comes to this transit for the the collins and if anyone has any sort of similar transits i would say again um i think the important issue here is being there for each other when it comes to the chiron issues that are coming out and also really making sure that um, both partners are respecting each other and that one partner is not making amends more often than the other partner is at the end of the day, especially with that Uranus placement, uh, Edward's Uranus placement being right outside of uh, Bella's Saturn placement. There's probably a lot of conversations about how certain forms of communication are disrupted to the family unit or there might be um, certain communications as to how this sort of, you know, how a sociopolitical conversation may not really be appropriate um, for that partner or that partner really just doesn't want to hear about it at this particular place at this particular time. Um, with this transit, I feel like with the Collins, again, respecting each other's boundaries um, in the relationship is also really key, tantamount and crucial uh, when it comes to this transit. And um, really, you know, even if you feel alive and you feel like you're kind of somewhat in your element, um, really just kind of respecting each other's boundaries and really, again, just being there. And also, um, I feel like with this Mars transit, um, really not being afraid to open up when it comes to those chironic, deep um, issues and those deep, really um, deep uh, wounds. Sorry, I was struggling to find the right words, but really opening up when it comes to these wounds and really resolving them. I feel like this is a great time to resolve those deep wounds that might be in both um, individuals in this relationship. All right, stargazers. Well, I hope that, um, I know this chart was a little bit of a gamble. I hope that it was fun and informative for you. And again, I also hope that this episode was also fun and informative. Um, as we come into what we have learned, I think more than anything with the Mars transit, punch the brakes. I feel like that's like the biggest lesson um, that I imparted big time. Don't be afraid to hit, to hit the brakes. And also with this being a revealing time, don't be afraid to see if the relationship is really bringing up some things that are really needed to be learned at this time. 
as well. There might be some things that um, we either are were learning before this transit or we want to learn um, in life but had put it off. Um, really see like which sort of over underpinnings, um, philosophical underpinnings are being brought to the surface when it comes to this transit. And above all, stargazers, when it comes down to Mars and Aries, be safe. Don't be too, uh, too much of a risk taker. Be safe. Um, be, uh, you'll be safe with each other. Be safe in general when it comes to life. Above all, stargazers, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. Um, if nothing else, we are seeing our origins within uh, astrology. Um, actually, the moon is waning right now, which is also a nice sight to see. Um, the full moon was incredible um, a couple nights ago, ago. Right now it's waning, and I still find the, the moon to be rather incredible as well, too. She lights up the night sky. But above all, stargazers, between now and um, next week, especially if you're in the Denver, Colorado area with the extreme sudden heat coming on, be well, be safe, be well. And above all, I will see you next week. If you have any questions or queries for Sandra Misek, you can uh, contact her at either her uh, email address at Misek, M-I-S-E-K, dot Sandra at gmail.com. On her Instagram feed, at Sandra dot Misek, again, that's M-I-S-E-K. You can also check out her Patreon page where you can become a member for as little as $5 a month. You also get a free uh, Sinistry reading with a booklet and that all, all those details can be found at patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology.